Hi listeners, thank you for tuning in to episode 30 of Sit Still with Sierra. You are in for a treat. As we continue our Healing from Church Hurt series, I sat still with Harmony Burton, a friend and former classmate. Harmony is a faith-based content creator and marketing professional with a Master of Business Administration degree. She has a heart for people and dedicates her work to creating safe spaces for the otherwise voiceless and advocating for those who struggle with mental health. Her blog covers beauty, lifestyle, and her faith. We had a robust conversation about unlearning false doctrine, specifically myths perpetuated from purity culture. I hope you enjoy this episode and happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome. If this is your first time listening to Sit Still with Sierra, you kind of tuned in at like right in the middle of a series, but no worries. You can always go back and listen, but I'm very excited for today because I have a guest with me. I love when I have guests that can actually come and sit still with me, and this is my first time having an in-person interview. Um, Thanks to COVID, all of my interviews have been via Zoom, but I'm really excited for this episode and to continue the Healing from Church Hurt series. So if this is your first time tuning in or if you missed the previous two episodes, you can go back and stream episodes 28 and 29, just so that you're all caught up and so that you know exactly what we're talking about. But I want to welcome Harmony Burton. And so, yeah, Harmony, what's up? How's it going? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for agreeing to be on. I, ever since I was like reading your blog, I was like, oh, we have to, we have to collaborate somehow. Um, For those that don't know Harmony, we actually went to high school together um she was one of the normal people (laughs) in high school that I've kept in contact with like over social media and stuff um over the past few years so she's a content creator as well um we share some similarities in our story and so that's why I have her on today um but before we dive into this conversation if you aren't already following the podcast and instagram you can follow at sit still with sierra and make sure you stay all the way to the end of the episode so you can find out where to follow Harmony and keep up with her work. But before we jump in, okay, so you said you're doing good. Um, so I wanted to have you on because of your blog post and your website. So can you kind of just tell the listeners what your website is and kind of like the content that you make on the platform? Yes. So my website is harmonyburton.weebly.com. Um, it's kind of like my home for all of my content, so I do a lot of poetry. I also write a lot of blog posts about the things that I'm currently dealing with in my life to kind of bring that vulnerability and relatability to other people that might be in the same shoes. Um, I also have recently had a poetry project out called Growing Paint, so if you guys want to check that out on there, you can, and also please feel free to like comment and share I don't want people to feel like I'm just the one like talking and sharing my story like I want it to be a safe space where people can have their own conversations and dialogue so cool cool so when did you start your because I know you had a previous um, poetry projects that you had um, but when did you start this website and was this like a pandemic project? Like, you know, everybody started doing things. <laughs> I started this podcast during the pandemic. Like, when did you start it? How did you come about doing it? Yes. I, so for people that knew me in high school, I used to go, like, my blog post was called Poetic Justice. Um, I still have the t-shirt. <laughs> I still wear the t-shirt, like, all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, like, transitioned into making more of, like, 
myself the brand and I feel like that was less confining mm-hmm. so I could post more things than just like poetry so that's when I started getting into blogging more so that's what caused the transition okay. into cool the cool post. cool so yes make sure you guys check it out I will have links to her stuff on our Instagram page so make sure you check out our Instagram page so you can find her work as well um and so Let's just start diving into this conversation because maybe some of you are wondering why I have her on as a guest um, as far as the Healing from Church Hurt series. Like I said, we share some similarities in our just story of life um, when it comes to church um, and when it just comes to being young black women in this day and age and just different struggles that we go through. So Harmony, if you want to like quickly kind of recap your experience with being raised in church, just like briefly, like I know you're pastor's kid like if you want to just give people a little bit of insight into your perspective yes so I grew up basically in the faith as soon as I was born like it was kind of decided (laughs) that I was going to be a Christian which is there's pros and cons to that um and on top of that my dad actually became a pastor eventually as our family began to grow so um I think I have a lot of traumatic experiences from church that I'm just now starting to understand. Um, I went to a Christian college and there I had like a lot of theology classes and those theology classes really opened up my eyes Mm -hmm. to some of the trauma (laughs) that I have. So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out what's truth and what's just Christian traditions Mm -hmm. more so. Right. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the previous episode. I had a therapist on, but I'm so glad that you said the way you phrased it. You're like, you're trying to learn truth versus just Christian cliches, which is the point of this episode. Yes, we're going to talk about purity culture some, but I guess the overarching topic is unlearning things that we were just raised or um, indoctrinated even to believe. I share the similar experience of like being born into church, basically. Um, And of course, as I've grown older, the choice has been mine at this point, like to continue to be a follower of Christ. But I was raised in a Christian household, went to church my whole life. And so I can attest to some of like the traumatic things that you're speaking of, um, what that comes with being in church your whole life. So, I I mean, we're we're very young. We're in our early 20s. And this is definitely just a season of life in general where you're really questioning what you know like you're trying to figure out the world for yourself mm-hmm. and kind of breaking away from what your parents teach you or breaking away from like just what you're taught in school both of us are no longer in school right. um, and so now it's kind of just a matter of figuring out what we believe why we believe it do I believe this just because people told me to or do I actually believe this because I wholeheartedly believe it mm-hmm. so that's a little backstory I know that a lot of people listening can identify that with being raised in church their whole life especially Um, Most of my listeners are here in Florida, and so this is Bible Belt region, where, like, everybody goes to church, Um, even if it's just on Easter and Christmas. Like, most people were raised to go to to church, and I know that's, like, breaking away now with our generation, especially Gen Zers are the least likely demographic or generation to go to church, so that is shifting, but for the most part, like, everybody has had some Mm -hmm. church experience here so yeah if you're listening and you identify with that anyway I'd really be interested in hearing other people's own stories of like being raised in church your whole life but so I want to talk about unlearning Christian or church cliches 
and particularly as it pertains to purity culture banter. That's just what I'm calling it. Um, I know that there's a lot of conversation right now going on about purity culture, and I can definitely empathize with everyone, but I would say that I don't necessarily agree with all the dialogue happening. Mm -hmm. I think that there are biblical truths about sexuality and about marriage and about relationships and about all those things. Um, I think that the Bible does talk about it, but I think a lot has been taken out of context. A lot has been misconstrued. And that's really dangerous when, especially when you're in church your whole life and you don't know any different, like you believe it because that's what you hear. So that is the premise of um, this episode. And so you had a blog post that I read, um, I think that was like a month ago. I don't know, time, Um, but it was talking about toxic religion. So can you kind of just explain that post, why you wrote it, um, and Hopefully you guys will actually go read it because we have plugged her website like four times now, but she's just going to give like a little rundown of what it was about and why you wrote it. Yes. So toxic religion, I usually call my blog posts almost like my personal journals that I'm sharing with the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) because toxic religion was more so kind of like my own processing of like what is truth and what's not truth and in that blog post I kind of talk about where how you know something is truth is if you're walking in that peace and love that God has called us to walk in because I feel like a lot of times toxic religion comes with like a long list of things that you're not supposed to do Mm -hmm. but they don't teach the practical aspect of okay, so what can I do or how do I not do these things? Like, what are the practical steps of not doing the things that you just told me for an (laughs) hour straight that I can't do? So just focusing on the loving aspects of who God is and what does he look like in my life practically, not based on some long list of rules that somebody told me at church. Right, right. That's really good how you put that because – I heard someone in church say a lot of times, like, a lot of a lot of people know what Christians are against, but they don't know what they're for mm-hmm. because of the, like, driving home so hard. Like, like you said, the long list of things we can't do or the long list of things that we are against that a lot of people, Christians included, don't even know what we're for. And so that is super important because, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I don't want to just follow something blindly. Mm-hmm. I want to know what I'm following. I want to know why I believe what I do. And so that's really important. And that is toxic. Um, I know that may be a word that – that's a word that I have muted on Twitter because people overuse it so much. But that is, like, the best description that you can give is that it is toxic to have this long list of things that you can't do and to never really push what God is for. Mm-hmm. And so there, I really enjoyed reading the piece – Um, It was at, like, a perfect timing reading it. Just this whole year has been – this has been a rough year for me. Um, It's been good, the growth that I've had, but it also has been really challenging leaving my church of 13 years, graduating from college, family, stuff going on. Like, there's so much happening, looking for employment. Like, there's just a lot that Mm -hmm. has, like, compounded in this year. And so it was, like, perfect timing reading your blog post. And there was one particular line or excerpt that I want to read from it um, that really stuck out to me, and I just want us to talk about it for a little bit. So it says, In my journey of unlearning, I am discovering how to dismantle the old behaviors and thought patterns that have plagued my life. 
My first discovery is that living a righteous lifestyle is not reliant upon how many things I can do right, but how deeply I am able to perceive the love that Christ has for me. Now, that's a lot in those two sentences. So I just want to go back for a second to the first line. Is that um, in your discovering to dismantle these old behaviors and thought patterns, your first your first discovery was um, really defining what living a righteous lifestyle is. So I just want to ask you, like, when you first, when it first clicked for you that some of the things that you had learned your whole life weren't necessarily true. Can you kind of just talk about the emotions or the feelings and the thoughts that came with that? Because I know that can be really, it's hard when you first embark upon that. Yes. That discovery was definitely something I had to surrender back to God because it was bringing up a lot of emotions that I didn't know how to handle at first. Um, it's definitely been a season of forgiveness for sure, because I know one emotion that has come up a lot is anger. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, I've really been like, cap- held like captive or in bondage a lot because of, not because of Satan, but really because of false belief or false theologies. So it's like the people that I thought were supposed to keep me safe really helped mm-hmm. lead me down this path of like being confined and not really walking freely in who I'm supposed to be in Christ. So I know one emotion for sure that I've experienced is anger, but I definitely have been surrendering it to God to walk in forgiveness as well. Yeah, I can identify that as well. That's literally the first thing I think of. Um, I consistently started going to therapy in May. I had a previous therapist um, like through my college, but the therapist that I have now, I really enjoy having her. She is a follower of Christ, so like it's, and she has experienced a lot of the things that I talk about. So it's very easy to talk to her about it. But I remember when I came, first started going in May, just how angry I was. Like angry, feeling like so much time was robbed of doing things and feeling like it amounted to nothing. And I remember being really angry with God. And I hated feeling yes. angry at God because I'm like, why did you let me do this my whole life? Or why did you let me believe this? Like I tried so hard to do things the way that I was taught they were supposed to be done. And I have nothing to show for it. And I I don't know. I I just remember my therapist telling me like, even this past session, like, so talking about like different emotions that come up is that typically anger is the secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. And she like showed me this graphic. um, I remember a couple months ago of, like an iceberg with anger, but underneath it were like all these other emotions. And so anger is definitely valid, but anger is usually not the first emotion that comes up. And so for me, I've been unpacking like what happened first? Like what was I feeling beforehand that led to this like extreme anger that I'm feeling now? And for me personally, a lot of it was feeling rejected, um, feeling scared, feeling just anxious about my future, like trying to do the right thing, but feeling anxious because I didn't feel like it was amounting to anything. And then the anger came. So are there any other emotions that you have identified um, other than anger that you've just unpacked during this time? And I like how you mentioned the unforgiveness part because a lot of people would like in our situation may just be like, well, I'm just going to be angry and I'm just going to stay in my anger. But it is important to be healed for yourself, like mm-hmm. not for anybody else, but for yourself. But if you want to just talk more about some of the other feelings you had. Yes, I definitely agree with you about the rejection. I definitely say rejection was one of those things I felt and just like deep like sadness and anxiousness. Because for me, having a safe 
space is very important. Mm -hmm. So when you violate that, that just it just tears me apart. So I'd say definitely a lot of sadness and anxiousness of kind of like, is Christianity really for me? Because I don't really feel safe here right now. And I think that comes along with all the rules Mm -hmm. because I get anxious if I don't feel like I'm living up to that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Um, And I know a lot of people are feeling that. Like, Like I mentioned, our generation is the generation that's least likely to go to church. And you can find that like info on Pew Research Center, but feeling like, is Christianity for me? And I know a lot of people have been there. I feel like for me, it wasn't necessarily a matter of wondering if Christianity was for me, but I came, the church that I recently left was a multicultural church and me feeling like multicultural churches are no longer for me. And I can say that I still feel this way at this point, unless God like really, really, really shows me, like descends from heaven and shows me, like go to this multicultural church. Uh-huh. Multicultural spaces are not necessarily where I'm like looking to be. Like that, that was a space that I felt violated in. And so for me, it's like diversity and throwing around all of these words don't really amount to much to me because of being in those spaces and still feeling erased. And so for me, um, it's not Christianity as a whole, but I do understand why a lot of people feel the way you do. And again, why I have empathy for people that feel that way, because unfortunately, so much of American Christianity is just false. Like Mm -hmm. American Christianity is false. America is not like the only nation that God cares about. And, you know, the way that we do things is not the way that other nations do it. But that doesn't mean they aren't followers of Christ as well. Um, And that has been something huge that I've talked about um, my other side of journalism, like reporting on how just this American evangelicalism has really contributed to the downfall or not the downfall, but like a lot of people turning away from church as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, people can definitely identify that. And I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And one of those big things that's taught in like these evangelical or just American churches is purity culture. And that's not just in multicultural space. That's in black churches. That's in Mm -hmm. white churches, this concept of purity culture. And so I want to talk about that a bit more because you do mention that a little bit. You don't necessarily use those words, but you do touch on it in your blog post. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you kind of just tell me what your experience has been with, with learning about purity culture or being taught those things? Yes. So basically, since I knew what a boy was, (laughs) I was just always told, like, boys know, like, nothing, like, don't even, like, look at them the wrong way. And so when I got to college, it was kind of like this awakening of, like, well, I'm going to have to start dating or something in order to, like, get married yeah find God's will for my life if I'm gonna get married yeah and things like that but because I had just been told no boys basically it's kind of like okay so where do I go from here like am I gonna go to hell if I hold someone's hand like it was very like hard time for me in college because of purity culture as well as like down to the things that I wear like, if I wear spaghetti straps, am I going to cause someone to lust? Which, obviously, <laughs> that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, right, right. But things like that, like, I shouldn't have to not be able to wear what I like to wear just because someone thinks I'm going to cause someone else to 
fall in their yeah. sin. So. so, so like you said, you went to a Christian college. So was your college reinforcing these um, beliefs or, or were these things that you had already internalized? Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to date or I don't know if I'm allowed to do certain things. Um, was that like what you brought from like moving away to college? Did you already have that? Or were they like reinforcing that? Because I didn't go to a Christian college, mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure like how, how your experience was. Yeah, they were actually reinforcing it, at least the faculty were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as far as like your peers, it just depends on who you hung out with. But I personally had a lot of peers that were projecting that like same kind of stuff onto me. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it also depends on the crowd that you hang out with, like what are their beliefs. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the university, they had like a specific dress code, and it's very interesting because the dress code list is a lot longer for girls mm-hmm. than it is for guys. Yeah. And more detailed. So, yeah. Yeah, that's real. And that's, I guess when I always think of like dress code, I think of high school or middle school. Mm-hmm. But it's like a whole different ball game when you're in college. Like obviously, there is a way to dress. Like when I went to university. Certain days where if it's like a career fair, obviously don't come with jeans on that come business attire. But as far as like a public university, there wasn't really a dress code. So mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting that, you know, at a university where everyone is at, at least 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so adults that there is still like that super strict dress code that. Yeah, that's that's nuts because um, I haven't thought about dress codes in a while. But yeah, that is definitely a much longer, deeper conversation as far as like tempting your mates making your brother stumble or whatever that mm-hmm. cliche line is um in church um which we could talk about for eons but yeah i think that is interesting um that faculty reinforces ideas as well as the people around you um i i joined a a club or organization when i was in college for for uh christian women on campus and it was <laughs> It was not what I expected at all. Um, There were, of course, some good aspects to it. But overall, I just felt like it was very hard for me to, like, really articulate my own personal beliefs because I just, like, it just wasn't lining up for me. And it was unfortunate because I wanted that community of having, like, like when you're at church and you have discipleship groups or, like, connect groups. I wanted that while I was at college, but it was an interesting experience for me, too. Um... Which is just so interesting. So we talked about dress code a little bit. I kind of want to talk about dating versus courting. And you kind of mentioned already like the challenges of singlehood as a Christian. Because like you said, your whole life you're told like, no boys. And then all of a sudden you're in your 20s and it's like, oh, you're not married yet. Or, oh, you're not dating anyone. Um, Can you just talk about that a little bit? I know for me that has been like a struggle with... um, with trying to remind myself first off that I'm 22 like I have a lot more of life ahead of me mm-hmm. but again we're in the bible belt region <laughs> and yes. sometimes in christian culture getting married super young is a thing so in some spaces and so it's kind of been hard for me to find a community of people that like understand what I'm going through right now other than you like there's only a handful of people that I, I really know and can talk to about it so what's your experience been like um (laughs) it's been rough I'm not even gonna lie it's been rough Mm -hmm. um I think because of all the things that I was taught before I went to college it made my dating experience in college really rough 
because it was almost like they were teaching like submission and things like that and like there's a a lot of people believe like there's such thing as like the one that god has for you which that's a a whole different discussion but i feel like more so now i'm more focusing on being like the person that god called me to be Mm -hmm. and then seeing how someone else can fit into that um versus having all this pressure of like oh my gosh is he the one like every time i try to date someone that's like the first agenda that i had on my mind like do i need to break up with them because they did this or like is god mad Mm. kind of like those things running through my mind so yeah you mentioned questioning if god is mad which i think is important to bring up because like you said like some people believe there's one specific person and we talked about this before Mm -hmm. um and i don't know hearing your perspective on it was really um was fresh to me because I hear a lot of people say like there's only one and then I thought what about the people that are married and then their spouse passes away and then they remarry like that (laughs) that right there to me negates the whole argument so I don't know um but yeah the whole thing that you brought up about feeling like you don't really have a choice in it and feeling like okay this one person I date is the person I have to like this has to be the person I marry and that makes dating so hard Mm -hmm. like I feel like dating is so complicated right now and it's really hard for me like I don't have as much experience when it comes to dating and that's really hard because there's a lot of pressure um and trying to remember like a date going out on a date is just two people having hopefully a good time together and getting to know each other and it may or may not lead to a second date it may or may not lead to a relationship but like not putting so much pressure um, on Christians, Christian men and women, like when they go out and they date, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to like a long-term relationship. Yes. But yeah, that is really, really tough. Like having that, already having the pressure of hearing so many other things about purity culture and trying to unlearn those things. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, you're thinking, okay, is this the one person? Like, is this the person that I have to stay with for however long even if it is not even a good relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah that's definitely something that (laughs) needs to change and that's something that I haven't learned um I talk about that quite a bit with my oldest sister um uh, we were all raised in church and as my older sister like I can talk to her about that kind of thing um but it is rough like dating in this day and age in general is rough yeah and I want to talk about dating (laughs) some more for a little bit like some modern forms of dating so Let's talk about dating apps for a second, because (laughs) when I tell you I've tried, like, I've tried, I want to say three different apps, but not long term at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just can't do this. What has your experience been like? Because I know for some people, they have found their their spouse. They have found their soulmate on a dating app. But I don't know. For me, it's just kind of weird. How how do you like it? Have you tried Um, it? I haven't tried dating apps, per se. Mm -hmm. I know... Usually, yeah, because I know, like, on my private story, I talk about my DMs a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think that's kind of, like, where my dating scene is, is, like, on Instagram. But most of the time, it's kind of, like, as soon as I see your profile, I probably, like, have my mind made up. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't really have a lot of confidence in them because I'm also the type of person I like to have a friendship first. Yeah. Before, like doing anything romantic mm-hmm. and I think that dating apps put that perception that it needs to be romantic right out of the gate yes yes that's why I don't like it me and, yeah me and one of my friends were just talking about that I'm like I'm the type of person that wants to get to know someone just like platonically 
mm-hmm. and definitely it's something okay cool but like there's so much pressure plus there's the whole hookup culture aspect of dating apps as well yeah. which isn't for me um i have to ask do you answer those dms because when i get dms i'm not gonna lie <laughs> like you said like i look at their profile and i would just delete it mm-hmm. and i'm like is that wrong for me to do that, but at the same time, like, I don't feel like entertaining all of this just to end up deleting them anyway. Like, do you actually answer? I, I won't lie. I look at the profile first, usually, uh-huh. and then I'll decide if I respond. But if it's, like, a mutual, like, they already follow mm-hmm. someone that I know, I may okay. probably entertain it for a little bit, at least, just to be cordial. But yeah. Have yeah. you had any success with DM? No. Dating? No. Okay. I, there's there's still hope. I'm not giving up completely, but yeah, okay. Okay, cool. So I feel like we're in the same boat as far as DMs go. Um, what about dating in the church? Um, I <laughs> I have such traumatic stories I could tell. Um, what would you rate it? One through one through ten. What are we rating dating in church? Not that all dating in church is bad, I wanna say that. Of course people can find their spouse in church. Not saying you can't. What has your experience, 1 through 10, been like? Uh, a 3. A 3? That's fair. I was going to say 1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't pick it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, I don't want this to be, like, pessimistic. I just want to mm-hmm. be upfront that this is the reality of being young and black because there is that caveat as well as far as black women and singlehood go let's not act like it doesn't tie in um and doesn't matter but this is the reality and i think it's okay to talk about it and it's not just us sitting here like being negative but it's us being real mm-hmm. um but i do i never want to leave the podcast with just dumping dumping my problems or dumping an issue right. i do want to give some sort of resolution um so if you had one tip for the listeners that is going through this whole unlearning church or unlearning toxic religion, what would you what would you tell them? What's like one or two things that you hope that they take away when they listen to this and not just to think, oh, it's only it's gonna be bad forever. What would you say? Yes. I would say just seek God's love. Um, I think a lot of times people get so caught up in doing like the right thing that they forget about God's grace and those things like that. So I think just seeking God's love and finding it for yourself, not what other people have to say, I think you'll find that your faith will come a lot easier because then you'll be able to rest in his promises for you. That's good. Yeah. I I was going to say something similar um, because I know so many people that grow up in church or maybe just have gone to church for a long time. They may go to a pastor. They may go to a leader for all of their direction and decision making but I think it's important that you seek God like you said mm-hmm. um, when you're making decisions when you're trying to get healed when you're doing anything you should be seeking God like he's the he's the source yeah and then he has resources like people in the church or books or therapy or whatever but he is the ultimate source so I would tag on to that as well like truly seek God if you really want to know like what to do if you feel lost in this season you can't ask God. I am a testament to that, that you can ask God and he will answer you. And it, the answer may not all come at once. He may just tell you to do one thing, like maybe stop associating with certain people mm-hmm. or maybe stop listening to certain pastors that are not teaching sound doctrine. Um, and then he may give you the next step as time goes on. But I would also say to be patient with yourself. A lot of times we are in a rush to be healed. And sometimes he- healing may take your whole life. Yes. Like healing could be a whole lifelong process 
it's not linear. It's a spectrum. And so be gracious to yourself, like you said. Give yourself grace and know that you have, if you have been through what me and Harmony have <laughs> just said, just know you've been through some trauma, okay? So give yes. yourself grace because it is hard, um, but you are going to get through it. And I hope that you guys have been enjoying the series so far. I believe I have one more episode left in this series. But before we sign off, again, can you tell the listeners where to follow you on social media and just plug your website one more time? Yes. So my Instagram is h.burton underscore 99. And then my website is harmonyburton.weebly.com. Awesome. Harmony with an I. Yes. Awesome. Yes, make sure you guys check out her work. She's doing great work and it was awesome talking to you. Thank you for sitting still with me. Yes, thank you for having me. Yay! So, listeners, be on the lookout for the last episode in the series. I've enjoyed these conversations so far and I may or may not extend a little bit longer. I usually don't do more than three or four episodes in a series, but this has been great dialogue. Again, thank you, Harmony, for sitting still with me, and I hope you all have a safe day. Don't forget to share this with a friend or two, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.